please exhale. And now let's begin. Welcome to the Science of Light. I'm your host, Rosemary. If you're interested in exploring holistic wellness topics through a perspective that blends spirituality with science, I think you've found the right place. And I'm so grateful that you're here. Let's figure out this life thing together. Always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Hello, and welcome back. So I have a couple logistical points. First being, as you all know, if this is not your first episode of this podcast, we're going through some major moving and home renovations going on right now, and I've been sometimes recording in my car or just elsewhere. I'm recording in my little home studio today that is now almost completely set up, but uh, my husband is outside working on his barn, building a barn. We live out in the country, we moved to a farm. So if you can hear any banging, hammering, or saws in the background, I do apologize. I did a test audio and I don't think you can hear it, but if you do, that's what that is. It's very cold here in WNC, Western North Carolina now. So recording in my car is not super appealing. So here I am. I had to wait until they were not working in the house so that I could record upstairs. Part of the reason this episode's late. And also another logistical update, I'm taking a super awesome training next week. Um, as y'all know, I'm in training to become a yoga therapist. Uh, this is actually a training with Doug Keller, so it's not part of my um, yoga therapy, my IYT, like my actual yoga therapy certification, but it is on the therapeutic wisdom of yoga, and I'm really excited to take that training and learn and bring that learning to you all. That's what I do. Um, and so with that said, I, I had an episode, I had two, a series of episodes planned for the end of the year. Like I had the whole rest of the year pretty much planned out with my topics. So they flow together and make sense for like what's going on. They're timely. Right. Um, and I actually, I was going to do yoga therapy for anxiety and yoga therapy for depression, like this week and next week. But I ended up deciding that because something I was talking about on my other podcast, my Yogi Scopes podcast, the one that's like astrology updates, um, the topic of boundaries came up and that's something I've been wanting to talk about anyway. And it would really fit with my end of the year series. And so that's what I'm going to talk about today is boundaries and a yogic perspective on setting boundaries, how you can use your yoga practice to beef up um, your ability to set boundaries and take care of yourself in that way. Um, So unfortunately, that preempts my yoga therapy for anxiety and depression series that I wanted to do, a little mini series I wanted to do this week and next week. So the reason I'm telling you that is because If I get time to do this training runs Monday through Friday from nine to four, and I still have to teach my regular classes two days a week. I have a 7 a.m. and two days a week I have a 5 p.m. So um, in talking about boundaries, I think to try and squeeze in recording next week, and since this week was just crazy because we moved last weekend, I don't think... It's realistic for me to think that I will record next week, and it's not like y'all have never gone a week without a podcast episode from me before, so thank you for your patience. If I do get a moment to record, um, and also 
next Thursday is Veterans Day and I still have the training that day and my son's daycare is closed. So it's just a lot of craziness going on. And this is my approach to boundaries. I'm just super honest and upfront with y'all about what I have going on in my life. I'm still trying to show up here as a professional and be uh, reliable for you all because I know some of my favorite podcasts, I'm like super bummed when they take a week off. I'm like, ugh. This is what I listen to on Thursday mornings or whatever. You know, like, what am I going to do now? Um, So thank you all for your patience. If I do get a moment to record um, next week sometime, which is not looking likely, my time is pretty packed, I will try to squeeze that mini-series in as yoga therapy for anxiety and depression. But those are separate topics. We often hear anxiety and depression, anxiety and depression, like they're the same thing. Um, But the yoga yogic approaches and therapeutic yoga approaches are different for the two. So I also, I think it's important to cover for this time of year. As y'all know, we have, at least here in the U.S., parts of the U.S., I don't even think all of the U.S. does this, but we have um, daylight savings time coming up. It's going to start getting dark around like 5 p.m., which sucks. So I really want to, you know, some of us might suffer from a little seasonal affective disorder or Even if you don't have like a diagnosis, these practices for depression are like, they can help light you up in ways so that it's just really relevant to this time of year. And since I'm taking all these more yoga therapy trainings, I want to bring that knowledge to y'all. So I will fit those in when I can, because after that, after next week, we will be starting our, what I call inner home for the holidays series. So it's the holiday season here in the U.S. Everything's crazy. Um, And I want to guide you on a lot of ways to wind down the year. This isn't just holiday related because I know lots of us celebrate different holidays, take different approaches, but most of us do celebrate some kind of holidays towards the end of the year. Um, So this is more of like an astrological approach, an Ayurvedic approach. Um, And I have, it's cool. I'll introduce that when the time comes, uh, two weeks from now, and I will do my best because I also have some interviews coming up and those weren't planned on the schedule. So hopefully we're going to get some bonus episodes out for you all. We, me, I'm the only one here. Just so y'all know, that's why it's like when I have crazy stuff going on in my life, I don't have any backup to, uh, take some of the pressure off me. That's why I have to just roll with what I got. It's just me. I don't have a team, just me. Um, so With that said, one more logistical announcement because I announced it on my Yogi Scopes podcast and you all may or may not be interested. I'm launching a membership towards the end of this month that will mostly be astrological related, but just so y'all know with that in mind, I'm planning to, honestly, I can't remember if I said this and I got, I got mom brain y'all I'm pregnant and I don't remember if I said this on this podcast or my other one or both. I don't know. I'm scattered. My energy is scattered. It's a Vata season. I'm also pregnant, which increases a lot of Vata in the body. Um, And we just got done moving, which is a high Vata thing. So I'm just scattered and I appreciate y'all's patience and you can use me as a case study in understanding what Vata is like. But so I'm launching a membership and it will primarily be astrological focused. But if you do want more um, time to work with me, more time to work one-on-one with me, be in community with other folks in this community, that will be a good time to go ahead and join. The details of that will be coming up in a couple weeks. But then also, 
my plan is to eventually offer a separate, um, like, so it'll be together. Like if you want to be in that membership and get, I'm going to offer a yoga membership too, but I figured I might as well wait until I'm not pregnant anymore to try to start filming myself teaching yoga. I don't know. My people that come to my regular classes don't seem to mind. And maybe if y'all don't seem to mind, you can reach out and tell me, hey, we'd love that right now. These yoga practices for, um, the astrology or for like living in alignment with the seasons. That's what I do right around here. So just keep your eye out for that. Exciting things coming up. And then with that said, this episode is about boundaries. And so on my other podcast, my Yogi Scopes podcast, I talked about why astrologically that's relevant this month. But as we move into the holiday seasons, y'all may know, boundaries get a little extra relevant around this time of year. If you happen to be visiting family or choosing not to visit family, that's a boundary. Um, Or just around your time, you know, I think even if you don't celebrate um, the mainstream U.S. holidays, um, there is some support Ayurvedically, astrologically, you know, behind kind of taking some time off, taking some time to recharge around this time of year, especially eclipse season is coming up, the winter solstice, um, that, that will be included in the, you know, end of the year series I have coming up as it becomes relevant, uh, as we move into kappa season, so the more earthy time to root down, as we move into winter, it might make sense if you want to live in alignment with nature to set stricter boundaries around your time, right? Like we don't do as much. We're not meant to do as much when the days get shorter. When we move away from that pitta time in the summer, when the days are longer, we're supposed to be a little more fiery, a little more active. And then as the days get shorter and cold outside, if we wanted to live in alignment with nature, we should cut back on the things we do, which means setting boundaries with work or friends or whatever. So there's all kinds of reasons this time of year is especially relevant for setting boundaries, holding boundaries. Um, and, and it's good all the time. And so there's also yoga philosophy, yoga practices that can help us out with that. So as always, that's what I'm here to bring you. So I imagine probably most of you have at least some inkling of what boundaries even are, but I found this cool definition online. This is kind of a little bit of my synopsis of reading lots of uh, people online's definitions of boundaries. And boundaries are basically imaginary lines. And so you could think of that as like a property boundary is an imaginary line, unless you put a fence there. The actual boundary is just an imaginary, like it's, we know it's there, but you can't see it, right? But boundaries, personal boundaries are, so a property boundary can separate, you know, my yard from your yard. Um, A personal boundary separates me from you. So it separates your physical space, your feelings, your needs, and your responsibilities from those of others. So that's kind of like a basic definition of what boundaries are. But here, so I have to offer you some things, in my opinion, what boundaries are, what they are not, important areas to set boundaries in, 
things that get in the way of boundaries. And then finally, we'll talk about yogic principles that can help. So other things that boundaries are, are realistic expectations. So we also talked about that recently on the Yogi Sagos podcast about how there's some energy around having unrealistic expectations for ourselves or others, um, especially in the first couple of weeks of this month, we'll see that energy playing out. So unrealistic expectations around um, what we can accomplish, what others can accomplish, um, things like that. You, you might see a heightened amount of that. And so it's important to set boundaries to have realistic expectations for ourselves, for those around us. Um, boundaries are also having the ability to say no. So basically in a nutshell, that's what a boundary is. You say no to either somebody being in your personal space, somebody asking for emotional labor from you that you didn't feel prepared to offer. Um, so for example, I was going to get to examples later, but this seems like a good time. So we hear about emotional labor in talking about like marginalized communities and how it's not their job like, they don't owe us an explanation of um, how, and by us I mean white people or or people that are in positions of privilege or power, um, the, the kind of default norm, like heterosexual, whatever. Um, they don't owe us an explanation for why our way of existing is harmful to them. Like, we should maybe do a little bit of the emotional labor ourselves to figure out why. But luckily, there are plenty of people in marginalized communities that are happy to elaborate on that, but that doesn't mean that we can just expect every person from a marginalized community to just drop what they're doing whenever we want an explanation and give it to us. So the same thing applies to if you need to vent. You know, it's really simple. When you need to vent, you need to let off some steam you know, we have loved ones in our lives so that we can do that, so that we can lean on them for support. But it's just really simple and nice to ask them, hey, can I vent? Or like, are you in a, because they might not be in a space where they want to carry your emotional labor. So it's just a good habit to be in. Um, so that's the ability to, ability to say no around other people's problems or drama or emotions. Um or other people being in your physical space. Um, you can say no to other people's needs, except for like your kids. So that's the hard one, you know, <laughs> like um, it's such a balance with your kids. Like sometimes you have to put your kids' needs above your own um, and you do have a responsibility to your children, right? But pretty much almost anybody else, well, and I mean, like I, in my opinion, that's what's tough about the balance of this is like, if you want to not just be a lone rock island, uh, you do need to have a sense of like responsibility and caring for the needs of others in your community, whether that's your children or your regular nuclear family, your partner, whatever, or your roommates, perhaps even. Like we should be there for our loved ones. I'm not trying to say say no to like all of the needs of those around you, but you have to prioritize, like, how can we, how can I meet somebody else's needs without compromising my own too much? Sometimes, sometimes we might have to compromise our wants um, to meet the needs of the others, but other times it's like, 
I don't know. It's just such a tough balance. I And I can't say with like 100% certainty what you might need to do in any situation. But so that's why we're going to go over, you know, some things that boundaries are, some things that they aren't. Um, so and my last point of things that boundaries are is self-care. So I think we have this idea that self-care is like bubble baths and bath bombs and whatever, I don't know, like stuff. But I think self-care is building a life that you don't feel like you need to crash and have a big self-care day. You know, maybe you enjoy your self-care days, but hopefully you set boundaries enough with your time that you're taking care of yourself on a more regular basis. You don't need to have some big spa, like big to-do around your self-care. Hopefully you have boundaries set in such a way that your needs are taken care of on a regular basis so that you don't have to like, you know, do something wild for self-care. It's just like you have the time and the space to recharge regularly. So I think boundaries are like the ultimate form of self-care, even though they're hard. So that's the thing. We have this idea that self-care is all like candles and bath bombs and things that smell nice. And while that is time for yourself, it's just like, how much do you really recharge in the bath on Sunday night when you just go about your week and you're just doing way too much and you're not going to recharge in that amount of time that you give yourself to light your candle and take the Epsom salt bath or whatever, you know? So setting boundaries on a regular basis with your time. So that's actually, I guess most of what I'm talking about is boundaries around the usage of your time, but I'll, I'll discuss some other areas, um, for setting boundaries, you know, physical space is definitely one of them, especially with pandemic concerns in mind. Um, but then even that comes back to time. It's like, maybe you don't feel comfortable going to visit family for the holidays this year. And, um, or maybe you just don't want to because you realize last year when nobody could, that your peace was like a lot better taken care of when you just kept to yourself. Uh, that's fine. Or maybe, maybe you do feel like you need to socialize and, and everything is telling you don't because of the pandemic and you feel like you just need some good old human connection. So these are things that you all have to decide for yourself um, and decide what your boundaries are. And if we can all get really good at communicating that um, in a way that is more a matter of fact than, um, okay, so this leads into what boundaries are not. Boundaries are not a moral high ground. Just because you feel comfortable with something or don't feel comfortable with something and somebody else does or doesn't, doesn't make your perspective in almost every case any better or worse than theirs. So we all have to decide our own comfort level. We all have different, you know, experiences and perspectives. And, you know, that's why I get into astrology a lot because it's like we all have these differences and it's fine. We just have to recognize what they are. We can get in touch with those things so that we can express it in a way that's matter of fact and not like we're coming from a moral high ground or as Brene Brown would say, being a boundary bully. Um, She tells some great stories about when she first started learning to set boundaries and she would be kind of rude about it. And it's, there's a way to set boundaries that's not um, rude. 
But I think we have this idea that we have to be like, sometimes you do have to super firmly hold a boundary. But I think in most cases, like if you're talking about working with a family member who's an addict or somebody who's like a narcissist and is very difficult, those boundaries you might have to be a little bit of a bully about because they might bully you around setting the boundaries. But in most cases, when you ask for what you need and you like come from a place of like, this is just what I need, not from a place of like, well, you're wrong for doing this to me or whatever, subjecting me to this. When you come from a place of like, I'm in touch with what I need and thank you for respecting that. People, in my experience, uh, at least in normal situations, are super receptive. They're like, oh, wow, that's refreshing that somebody would um, say that. And then also, if you surround yourself in your life with people who set really good boundaries, you start practicing it, start modeling it for the people around you, then you don't have to worry about those situations where you're like, like, okay, so for example, um, my mom lives four hours away. This is a little story time. Um, and we have a friend who lives down there who has a truck and my mom was going to give me some like random furniture for our new house, but she lives four hours away and she drives like a Corolla. So she can't bring, she can't even rent like a trailer to bring the stuff up here. So we were going to ask this friend, family friend to bring the stuff. And this friend is such a nice guy. I don't think he would be like put out at all about it. But a part of me is like, well, I don't even want to ask because I don't want him to worry about saying no. Uh, I don't want to inconvenience him. But really, people who are firmly established in their boundaries, you don't have to worry about that because they will just tell you no. And I'm not saying he's like not firmly established in his boundaries. I'm just saying I come from a background of not being so firmly established in boundaries where sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want to impose. I don't want to like ask people for something because I'm worried that they won't say no. It's like the people pleasing in me because I come from a background of not always saying no when something just doesn't work for me. It's something I still work with. Um, so the more we practice setting boundaries and modeling that for those around us, the easier it gets for them to also be like, well, no, like that doesn't really work for me. Like when we ask for something that we need and we can trust that the people around us will not um, be put out by meeting our needs because if they would, they would tell us. So that's another um, beauty in setting boundaries. And then another thing that boundaries are not is ultimatums. It's not like, I think this goes along with the boundary bully thing where it's like, if you don't meet this need for me, I'm going to leave. Because in asking for what we need, we're not asking for other people to to meet that. We're just not asking them to, we're asking them not to infringe on it, right? So, and like in some cases, you will reach a point where you set this boundary, set this boundary, and somebody keeps violating it, and then you have to set an ultimatum. But I just want to make the distinction there the boundary is not that, you know, um, it's, it's different. Sometimes I guess you might have to set ultimatums around your boundaries if people aren't respecting them. But like I was saying before, in my experience, especially as I've gotten better practicing boundaries in my own life, um, people are really respectful of them when you set them, you know, if you're surrounding yourself by like 
mentally healthy people, or at least people who are like trying to be, um, which is a great thing now that I myself am moving into my later twenties, I'm realizing I'm shedding a lot of friendships. My circle is getting kind of smaller because I just don't have time for people that aren't kind of living this way. Right. Um, I set boundaries around my time and I just choose not to spend it with people who are going to tax me emotionally. So as a result, the people I have left in my life are, uh, really good about this stuff. So for those of y'all that are in my personal life listening, I know there's a handful of you. I love y'all. So important areas to set boundaries around are your time. And I've already talked about that a little bit, how, um, especially when it comes to holidays, how you want to spend your time when it comes to work. Okay. Um, I have personally, especially now that I have a kid, I even had this before, super strict boundaries around when I get off work. And so now I start my work days early, like around like 6 or 7 a.m. And so I'm off around like 4 p.m., sometimes 5, but never really later than 5. Um, and I've kind of trained everybody that I work with that if they, because, you know, I do a lot of stuff, I'm not really reachable after 5 p.m. Sometimes, sometimes I am, but most of the time it nobody really reaches out to me with anything urgent after 5 p.m. Um, or anything not urgent, I I could say, um, because I will respond to something urgent, but, uh, I just don't, you know how you train people not to do that? You just don't answer, you know, (laughs) like you just don't. And I recognize that there's like a lot of us are in situations where in like toxic work environments and we have to pay our bills and it's just not that simple. I'm not trying to oversimplify this. But I am trying to say, as always on this show, that if you notice you have a pattern like this going on in your life, you probably can't just wake up and change it tomorrow, but you can notice it. You can create awareness around it for for yourself, and you can start looking for a way out because there is absolutely a way out. Um, like I recognize if you work in a toxic work environment where they're always expecting you to work around the clock and answer emails um, at insane times that you might not be able to just get out of that right away, but you can slowly over time, I promise you. I've been in toxic work environments before, and I just would rather be broke and poor than that. But And then I used to always say, too, because it's been since I was, like, before I had a kid that I worked in a toxic place like that, but um, I used to always say, yeah, I recognize that it's harder for when for people that have kids, like you can't just be broke. Like you need a a higher level of stability than you do when you don't have kids. So I recognize that, but I just want to reiterate that hard doesn't mean impossible. So if you notice these kind of, um, patterns and problems going on with your work environment or whatever family environment, sometimes you can't just change it on a dime, but you can notice it and you can start making changes to it. So this is another thing, um, I've heard before that relates to boundaries and true to my form, I could not tell you where I heard it or who said it or what it came from, but it's this notion that we teach people how to treat us. That might be from AA or something or NA or whatever. Um, And that's with boundaries. When, if we are just, if we set the pattern of constantly being available, answering emails right when they come in, then people are going to expect that from us, you know? And 
maybe you just slowly start, stop doing that and people might be mad or stop doing whatever. You set a boundary. People might be mad for sure or they might just be like a little bit off put because it's different. Uh, but I am here to assert that the people worth keeping in your life will adjust. And that's been my experience. Um, when I say, hey, it's just the way we've been doing this, whatever, just doesn't work for me. And we find a way to adjust, whether that be in work environments or even in my relationship, um, home environments, friends, stuff like that. The people worth keeping around will adjust. And I recognize that sometimes it's more delicate than that. Not that simple, but my point still stands. So another thing that you might set boundaries around is your physical space. Like, hey, I'm not really comfortable with touching. Hey, I don't really want you getting close to me without a mask on. Hey, I don't care if you wear a mask or not. Things like that. You have full right and autonomy to teach people how to, how to treat you uh, around your physical space. And yeah, okay, there are a lot of people in the world that are assholes around hugging. They're like, oh, I'm a hugger. You know, and it's like, this is how far we are from like consent culture. I recognize that. But I want you all to know that it's okay and you can practice. It might be awkward a few, several, many times until you get really good at um, navigating these situations with grace. And uh, I think also the, another skill that comes with it is just not caring what people think because sometimes people are going to be mad. Um, and I'll get into some of the yoga tools because that's, uh, that's, uh, I recognize that, that, um, I'm not trying to say that it, I'm not trying to like victim blame here that like, oh, it's completely how you handle the situation, whether other people get mad or not. Cause that's not the case. And I recognize that. Um, and then, so another thing that you might set boundaries around is money and spending. So maybe you have like poor spending habits or you like hang around people that like to go to the bar and realize that that's like spending more than you need to and you have to set boundaries around that like there are ways to have fun and have a good life without spending like not you don't have to have like expensive hobbies like maybe you notice you're spending too much on your weekends or on just whatever um or maybe you're working in a job where you don't feel like you're being paid your worth but I recognize that you might have to, like, not just get fired um, or just quit, right? But there are ways to notice, um, hey, this whatever is, like, really not worth my time for the amount of money because that is the economy that we live in. Um, and then other things are, like, your feelings and needs and your responsibilities for others. So um, this is one... With, like, relationships, I recognize that a lot of us, um, this gets into, like, things that get in the way. So, like, codependency or people-pleasing, uh, there are a lot of things that lead to people-pleasing. Especially, I think, women are almost, like, socialized to be nurturers, to take care of others. And with that comes people-pleasing, putting the needs of others ahead of our own. And I'm here to tell you, it is a delicate balance but it is possible um, to meet your own needs 
and still be nurturing, still take care of other people because I myself love that. I love taking care of people. I say that I have like an inner grandma that loves to feed people. I love hosting gatherings at my house, even for the introvert that I am, you know, but I am able to do that stuff because I have boundaries around when I need to recharge, what is okay, you know, um, and I think this becomes like a way of carrying ourselves in the world that we treat ourselves so well that others just know how to treat us. And so like I'm saying, it's, it's not always that simple and I'm not trying to be all victim blamey and say that just because somebody else treated you like shit is because you deserved it or something because you taught them to treat you that way. Some people are just going to treat you like shit. And if you have firm boundaries, you're not going to put up with it for long, right? Um, so, so another thing that kind of gets in the way is low self-worth. Um, and that's a tough one. So if you don't believe that you're worth being treated better than that or that you can find anybody to treat you better than that, whether that's a friend or an employer or a partner or, you know, whatever, stranger even, um, it's going to be hard to teach people to treat you better than that. Um, and then another thing that gets in the way is lack of awareness or like, like you've never had healthy boundaries modeled for you. So you might literally like not know how, um, and, and that's, that's a tough one because sometimes we want to set a boundary, but we don't know how to do it in a way that, like, doesn't come across like a boundary bully, like Brene Brown says. And then another one is fear, especially of abandonment. So I think that kind of goes hand in hand. Like, we don't know how to set boundaries without, like, pissing people off. So we think, oh, if I set this boundary, this person might leave me or whatever. Um, or I might lose this job or whatever. And while that sometimes might be true, I think sometimes like depending on what it is, you might be better off setting the boundary and, and standing up for yourself. And other times it's, it's a little more delicate than that. You don't want to just be like, you don't want to just push people away because a lot of times we will have conflicting needs with people that we want to be in community with. And we have to find a way to navigate that and that's where healthily communicating our boundaries and having a little bit of flexibility around that flexibility around the boundary itself but flexibility around how the relationship adjusts or how the situation adjusts to meet everybody's needs um, because just because we're like I need this to happen or I need this to not happen doesn't mean that like the exact outcome that we had envisioned to meet that will be the way that it plays out, if that makes sense. So let's move on to the yogic principles that can help. So I think the key to, I will give you our awareness and discernment. Um, but it's just, I couldn't even narrow it down to like one thing. Um, about how yoga will help you with boundaries. I think your asana practice, your physical practice, um, especially if you have like a 
mm, a practice that's like maybe a little more personal, a little more like inquisitive of like, okay, what do I need today? Instead of like, what shape am I going to try to put my body in today? Because your body might not need that shape that day. Um, so the asana practice can teach us to know our personal limits. Um, but I do recognize that there are a lot of teachers, there are a lot of classes, there are a lot of styles of yoga that um, while they profess to uh, help you practice knowing your personal limits, there is this subtle uh, emphasis or value placed on pushing your personal limits. And while I think it's good to sometimes push your limits, um, you have to do so in a way that is safe. Like we don't want to get hurt. And so it's just a practice, right? Of learning our own personal limits and we can learn our physical limits from the asana practice of yoga, but hopefully we learn to apply that off the mat, um, and learn, you know, what are our emotional, you know, learn what our limits are. And so physical limits can also be around our time and how we're using our time. Are we doing too much stuff? Do we need to start saying no to some things? Um, and then another yogic principle is satya or truthfulness. Um, because when you say yes to something that you don't really want to say yes to, that's not really being firmly rooted in your truth, right? So the more firmly rooted you get in your truth, and I recognize that this is a constant practice because sometimes it's like, well, this opportunity or whatever, this event, this um, thing that somebody's asking of me to do or be at or whatever um, does seem like it would be aligned with my truth, like it seems like something I would want to do right or be at or show up for but maybe being that overcommitted doesn't really align with your truth or saying yes to so many things that you don't have time to properly rest so that kind of brings it full circle to what I was talking about how setting boundaries is self-care if you have pretty tight boundaries around your time and and how you use your time then you're not going to need like big old grand operations for self-care because it's kind of built into your regular life, right? So just to recap everything we talked about in this episode, what boundaries are, what they are not, important areas to set boundaries in, things that might get in the way, and yogic principles that can help. Boundaries are imaginary lines that separate us, like ourselves, from other people. And so it can separate your physical space, your feelings, your needs, your responsibilities. Are you responsible for someone else's emotions or struggles or outcomes in life, no matter how close you are with them, even if it's your own kid? Um, you know, you can do your best, but at, at the ultimate, you know, outcome, we're only in control of ourselves. So we need to set boundaries around what we can control, what we can't control, uh, what we need from other people, and what we can do for other people. And so they are also need to be realistic expectations. So that kind of protects us also from people expecting more from us than we can give or us expecting more from ourselves than we can give or expecting more from others than they can give. Having healthy boundaries 
around our expectations for how we show up in relationship is hugely important. Um, and so I covered kind of those things, um, over in the Yogi Scopes podcast, if you want to know why this stuff is astrologically relevant right now. Um, boundaries are also the ability to say no to things that even though they might seem like a good opportunity or like something that does align with our truth, maybe being too overcommitted doesn't align with our truth. Or maybe we have too much going on and we need to be honest with ourselves and have the ability to say no, because this is my experience. Sometimes I have to say no to things that I really want to say yes to. And while the people that I say no to might be disappointed, they're going to be more disappointed if I say yes and then let them down. And then the same thing for myself. If I try to convince myself that I can do something, knowing full well that I probably don't have the bandwidth or capacity to do that right now, um, I'm going to be upset and let down. More upset and let down than if I just say, hey, you know, that doesn't seem realistic right now. Um, So realistic expectations, the ability to say no to things that don't seem realistic. And they're also, when you do this over time, it becomes the most beautiful self-care practice. So you, while you might still enjoy it, you know, maybe you build boundaries in your schedule so that you have time for Epsom salt baths, but you're going to feel way more recharged from your Epsom salt bath if you're not completely overcommitted the moment you step out of that bath, right? So the ultimate self-care practice is taking care of how you spend your time and how you allow yourself and other people to show up in your life. Um, Like I've heard said before, we teach people how to treat us, you know, and that's by setting boundaries with them. We teach ourselves how to treat ourselves by setting boundaries around our time. And so boundaries are not ultimatums. So it's not like a do this or I'll never be friends with you again or, you know, do this or I'm quitting. And sometimes you might reach that point if you have set a boundary that has repeatedly been broken or crossed. Um, But at their outset, they're not ultimatums. They're just like, hey, this is what I need. It's just a statement of your expectations, your needs, um, you know, in relationship with another person. And they are also not moral high ground. Um, So we don't want to become what Brene Brown calls a boundary bully. Just because something works or doesn't work for you or works or doesn't work for somebody else, in most cases, doesn't make you right and them wrong or vice versa. Um, A lot of times there are reasons some people love to hug and some people don't, for example, right? And one person nor the other is right or wrong there. It's just what would make somebody wrong is violating somebody else's boundary, you know, or um, acting like they're wrong for having the boundary or not having it because we're all just on our own path and our own perspective. Okay, so important areas to set boundaries around. The biggest one I focused on this episode was your time because in my opinion, that's what's going to make you feel the most recharged if you have strict boundaries around your time and how you use it. This is... This goes for with ourselves and for other people. So when other people ask things of us, we have to really reflect. Um, And this is where the yoga practice can come in. Um, I really, you know, cultivate that deep awareness of our needs and our physical limits and our, you know, energy limits so that we can 
decide when either when somebody else asks us something to do something or when we want to try to pile stuff on our plate when we already have a lot going on you know think about it most of us our days are probably full already and then when we try to add something new on it unless you're like releasing something you might be over committing your time and I understand I do it all the time and sometimes you have to add something new on before you can release something old but it's just a constant practice like that and then also your physical space your emotional needs. Um, I see that a lot in relationships. You know, it's kind of like the love languages thing. Maybe you need to communicate to people around you that you're not a physical touch uh, type person. You're more of a um, quality time type person or something like that. So you have to communicate these things. You have to be aware of them so that you can communicate them. Um, are you a hugger? Not a hugger. And then also your money and spending is a great thing to have boundaries around, especially if you have, maybe you don't want to spend as much money and you hang around people a lot that like to spend money for their activities. Maybe you need to say, Hey, um, I need to do something that costs a little less or, you know, tell that to yourself. We have that, we got food at the house conversation with yourself, right? Uh -huh. So, and then, so some things that can get in the way that are not necessarily, anyone's fault, you know, your own fault or your parents' fault. It just maybe is what it is, societal conditioning. A lot of us have been conditioned to be people pleasers for one reason or another, so we love to say yes. We need to cultivate that ability to say no. Maybe we have, like, a lack of awareness or a low self-worth around if it's even possible to be treated better by other people, if that can exist, um, or then fear, uh, perhaps, of abandonment. You know, like, if I set this boundary, is that person going to leave me? Hopefully not. Hopefully they'll rise to meet it, but maybe they do, and then maybe it'll be a really hard transition, but you might end up being better off for it, honestly. And so the yogic principles that can help are the concept of balancing effort and ease, flexibility and strength. You know, sometimes we need strength to set the boundary and flexibility around how setting that boundary plays out, like what we end up getting instead when we say no to something or um, how a person responds. And then satya, truthfulness, cultivating a really uh, firm root in our own truth and knowing our own physical limits. That can come from the physical practice of yoga. On your mat, you might learn like, hey, when I do that, I notice it really doesn't work for me. It might you know, I might force myself into this pose on the mat and then I feel bad later. Well, I might force myself into this opportunity and then regret it later. And lastly, just remember, like anything else, you know, yoga related, it takes practice. They don't call it yoga perfect. They call it yoga practice. And just like boundaries, you know, it's not like you do it once and now you're great. And now everybody respects your time and you respect your own time and everybody respects your needs and limits and you respect your own needs and limits. No, it takes constant practice because like I always say, this is why I study astrology because energies are always changing. Seasons are changing. We use Ayurveda to cope with the changing seasons. So we have to adjust our lifestyle accordingly. And it takes practice because then we have to change. We get good at something and then something changes and we have to change our approach and such is life. So the two biggest keys I like to say from yoga practice are the constant awareness and discernment. So that's it for today. Thanks so much for joining me. Check out the Yogi Scopes podcast for why this is astrologically relevant. 
I'd love to connect with you on social media. Check out that in the show notes. Remember to always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. I'm so grateful that you're here. Until next time.